0: football, baby.
1: All right, welcome into episode 62 of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I'm your trusty host, Dustin Blanton, along with my equally as trusty host, co-host Travis Masterson and today we are bringing you of course a bushel of fantasy football fun news and we also have a special treat you've seen him having fun conversations um bantering about with the locals on Twitter he is the host of the Tackle Dummies podcast he's a writer for the Fantasy Footballers and the singular man in this space who is responsible for the discovery of the fantasy football superstar known as dominic elwood i bring to you jeff greenwood thank you so much for joining us how are you man thank you for taking the time we are forever grateful
2: i thanks guys yeah i'm I'm doing great thanks for for letting me come on your pod um it's an honor and i thank you for the uh you know the shout-out to Dominique Elwood. That's a it's a big name. Not everyone yeah. has heard of him so far.
1: No, it's only a matter of time. Um, make sure that you pick him up um, at least in the first three rounds of your draft. You will not want to leave that draft room without him. Um, Jeff, man, we are again big fans of your work. Um, we crack up daily at, at the things you have to say. Your quick wit. Um, look. You, you got you gotta let us in, let us into the 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 mind of of Jeff. Like how how is it that you're just able to 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 tap into everyone's funny bone in a football-y way? Like how is that a thing that you just are able to do?
2: So I thank you very much. I I probably miss ninety percent of the time. You probably only see the good <laughs> one So it's it's a you cast a wide net, you see what happens. And I've I um, we were talking a little bit before the show. I've got three small kids and. I'm yeah. like a child myself, so if you think about things from the lens of like a, a five-year-old, you know the world is a fun place. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's awesome, man. I'm sure your your wife is thrilled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I say like, I like yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that that whole feel. Um, Travis is is speechless over here. It's um, a
0: <laughs> what I what I'm wanting to say is it's a great mix of fantasy advice, but also a little bit of of a reality check of what we're actually talking about being fantasy football and it you kind of have that lens of it's only so important which i think is is very refreshing especially in the space that is twitter because everybody takes themselves so seriously and right. echo chamber is is kind of a uh a token phrase on twitter but Every time I see a tweet from you, I'm thinking, like, I immediately think, okay, this will be something different than we've seen all day, which is really nice. For example, and I quote If you get killed during your draft, you'll go on auto draft and you won't win. You cannot win if you get killed. Advice of the day. Things like that. (laughs) When I see them on my Twitter feed, signed Jeff Greenwood, I immediately send them to Dustin and I say, We're doing this all wrong. This guy gets it. All you have to do is not get killed or draft players wow. that, that get hurt. Just draft the healthy
2: ones. It's it's the big time advice. You know, I'm thinking about the, the pretty, you know, intense analytics. So thank you for, for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what? It's... Honestly, the re- I, I take myself very seriously on Twitter. Um, i am i i am like this close to including the word analyst in my bio. No, you're
0: which not. Let's everybody. It's not, know. It's not allowed.
1: Which lets everybody know I'm here for the numbers, but I'm really here for the trophies and for you, my fans. Okay. Um, but it's 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 just this whole the whole vibe. It's like we're it's you guys are re- you guys realize it's a game about a game. Like you guys. We realize that right like it it's a, it's it's a fake it's a, it's a fake game but oh that's 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 where uh that's where we're at nowadays um one for you real quick jeff how long have you been playing fantasy football like how did you get
2: started so um i got started i think in 2011 um and the the co-host you you mentioned tackle dummies podcast um with my buddy um longtime friend Caz. so he and I were in the same league together. It's still going today. That's my main league. Um, and that was about, yeah, so I guess 11 seasons ago, um, we have our live draft coming up at Seacaz's house in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I, and I'm obsessed. It's one of those things, as you guys probably know, it sucks you in year one, and then year two is that much more, and it just keeps progressing from there.
0: I feel like no matter how many leagues you add, whatever the buy-in, whatever the the rule changes or new people you meet, no matter what, that, that home league, that draft at your buddy's house, there's nothing better than that. I would trade every other league for, and to be able to still have the home league and the home league draft.
2: 100%. Yeah, well said.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty special. Um, something else that I love from you is something that I, I think I had a conversation with you about um, during the season was your Sunday morning this player or that player Uh, your process for a little while was asking your kids and asking your wife kind of on the spot this player or this player and they would give you an answer and and you were like oh there it is (laughs) I think I watched it for two or three hours straight and I was like I just kept showing my wife I'm like how adorable is this like this is such a genius idea and it's it's organic and it's hilarious and it's like I just um I just want to, I, I appreciate, and I wanted to tell you on air, I appreciate the love that you put into your family. You are, are it's just kind of getting kind of serious here, Dustin. Um, as somebody who wants to be a father uh, shortly, what I see from you on Twitter, which is just a small glimpse of, of obviously who you are, um, it means a lot to follow somebody like you and see how you do things in the lens that you you coach and teach your, your kids and, um, how important you make everybody feel. It's really cool.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. I, yeah, I think, I think family is, uh, is important to to me as well as a lot of other people, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate the kind words and the, uh, the Sunday morning fantasy advice is, is kind of, I have a lot of fun with it. The kids have a good time. My wife has a good time and it's always like at the end of the day, People yeah. are asking about two players that are in the same tier. Right. It's like, which okay. one do you start? It's like, flip a yeah. coin. I mean, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, let me pull out my crystal ball, and yeah. <laughs> here's my child. <laughs> that, that, that is awesome, though. That's, I mean, realistically, someone just wants you to tell them, who do I put in my starting lineup? Yeah, then, they want someone to
2: blame. Right,
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't win because Jeff told me to put yeah. in, I don't know, Joyke Bell, who hasn't been in the league in years.
2: But yeah no, but
0: jeff's perfect. son got it wrong yeah. Yeah.
2: that's i just imagine that there's someone who's just like pissed off it's like jeff's two-year-old said you know tyson yeah. hill is gonna is gonna like have a good week like what's going on here just right. curious about a two-year-old he hears a de- dad
1: or they hear your dad talk about football all day no i that's, <laughs> that, that, yeah I, I i agree it's kind of ridiculous um, are you gonna watch Hard Knocks when, uh, when it premieres? I know it's premiering tonight while we're recording. Um, so to break that that veil, um, we're recording Tuesday. This will come out on Wednesday. Are you gonna be watching tonight?
2: Absolutely. I, I love Hard Knocks. I know about you guys. Like I, I know that there's some chatter out there that people think it's not as good as it used to be. For me, it's always mm-hmm. been. It's a preview. It's, it eases you. It's my yeah. training camp. Yeah. All right. right. I get into this. You start to hear the drum beat for certain players. It's going to be DeAndre Swift this year. Um, yep. Amon Ross, St. Brown, I think is probably going to you know look keep, pretty good. Dan Campbell names. is like one of my favorite people. He's so electric. Jamal Williams, uh, uh, did you guys hear that speech? Uh, yeah, that was how awesome. How could I not? I broke through my bedroom door. Like, that
1: is, <laughs> I have to fix that. Like, that is how pumped I am.
2: That man has passion. There were real tears coming from his eyes, and you could just feel. It, like matters. it just Yeah, it was like a Ted Lasso moment you know yeah
0: it was it was that's a great description it you yep. can tell you can feel how much it matters
2: yeah, yeah. Hey, how dude, about you guys are you are you gonna get into the hard knocks this season
1: oh yeah always, always. as soon as, as we finish for, yeah i'm here for the overreactions for sure if i can get like another like mermaid spongebob moment from jamal like i that's, that's all i thought <laughs> that's literally all i need uh that's i just, love that's, his
2: mentality yeah that's
1: entertain. like that's how it should be you're playing a game you're playing yeah. a game and someone like pays you millions of dollars and it's just like it's so good it's so good why not be happy? I, I don't know what else he, he's on but it's you know his happiness is one of them
0: <laughs> is there anybody that you're hoping does not get the the usual hard knocks bump up in value that you feel like you're happy with where they are in drafts you want a piece of this offense at some point who are you hoping does not get priced out of
2: of their current price tag? i i think it's got to be deandre swift i mean because like he was he's one of my my favorite players and every every when you say favorites obviously tied to value so yeah i liked him a lot last year this year he's going in the second round so if you can if you get a late round you know pick eight to twelve something like that you can snag him in the second um i think that's tremendous value and i think he's probably going to sneak into the end of the first in, in a lot of leagues after this so so that's see, someone that I'd be number one. Yeah.
0: I think after Hard Knocks, he could jump the mix in. Is he already over Chubb right now? I think Is he he's already, over has, Chubb. He moved over I Chubb? I think he should be. I think he
1: should be. Uh, you know what? It just, he's, I think he's so underrated. So like, Jeff. Would you uh, take him uh, over Najee? Ooh, I mean, in, I'm interested in this uh, answer.
2: I would go Swift. You would go Swift?
0: Yeah. I, I'm not, just, uh, I'm yeah. scared of the, the Steelers right now. What, yeah. What, what, I, I uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
2: I think I would go Swift too. That's a hard one though, because I, the there's certain players like I like Swift better than Mixon, but I feel yeah. like in that situation I I feel too anxious and then I just go with like a wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. I, I, if I drafting Swift before the second round feels like I'm paying too much.
1: That's fair. I, I, look, a, a running gag on this show, Jeff, has been like that I'm a closeted Lions fan because. Big uh, like I, I'm always pumping up like Amon Ross a. Brown and, and especially DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson um, like it's not my fault they have a bunch of young great weapons like they just did a good job and that's hard to say as a Bears fan and also as just someone observing the Lions franchise um, yeah. so I agree with you in terms of I don't want DeAndre Swift to rise in value too much um, but in terms of like that tier of running back, you know, you mentioned Chubb, but like it's really tough for me, um, because DeAndre Swift and Joe Mixon, it's like are do they have similar skill sets or is DeAndre DeAndre Swift is much of a like better receiver than than Joe Mixon. I mean
2: Yeah, I feel like yeah, I it's a really good point. I feel like Swift is a much better receiver, but but then you get like I mean at the end of the day, like dumb it down. Good offense. Right. for for the Bengals, i know the fantasy footballers just had an episode today and i think mixon was like you know top three in carries i think he had like 291 touches last year there's just a lot of volume on a on a good offense that made the super bowl right right so i think the lines are going to take a step forward i i think yeah i think swift is a lot more talented but it's always right. hard getting a guy that you love on a team that's that's yeah. not the greatest team
1: for sure
0: for
2: like sure. etn dustin
1: I'm a huge ETN guy. (laughs) Okay. All right. Jeff, Jeff, you got to help me out with this question, though, because, you know, I'm lucky enough that you posted about this and it's just a, a little thing, a little thorn in my side that me and Travis have been going back and forth and we're in this league together. We've been in this office league for
0: years. Oh my it's gosh. what brought
1: us together. Jeff, I'm sorry <laughs> to say that it's a standard league, OK? There are no points per reception. There's no fun, OK? They took Boo! the fun. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. They <laughs> took the fun. The commissioner just happens to be a member of this podcast in this current recording. Travis, can you give uh, an insight into the mind of this absolute madman and heathen and hater of all good things and smiles and rainbows and fun? <laughs>
0: We're not so, going to do this PPR debate tonight, <laughs> but I do want to hear. I do want to hear your your elevator pitch for making that switch.
2: Sure. So, in to take a step back, I think playing in in a, a standard points league, a, a zero PPR, um, is perfectly fine. But I, I think for me, if that's only the thing you do that's the point where it's like try something new i mean okay I, okay like so the, you don't have a problem with that league you have a problem with they, that being right. your only league if you if you're the type of person that you're in three leagues and they're all standard scoring and it's all one qb <laughs> two running backs two wide receivers one tight end defense right. kicker then you're i mean like i mean missionaries. what i would use to describe you you know what i mean <laughs> okay, it like, yeah it's you can do that you can mix in that but yeah. throw in right. exactly there's a place for it, is what you're saying. It's okay There's for that to, for to be
0: home base, it's, but it's you've okay. got to you've got to branch out.
2: Right. I but I mean,
0: the, you know. the two home leagues on Yahoo are the only two standard scoring leagues that I'm in out of I believe what will be 20 to 22 leagues. So I'm I hesitate so much to let those go and even to change those. I think the one change we might make is to add an additional flex spot because people want more scoring. If you want more scoring, let's add another player. You get to make another decision every week to put somebody else in the lineup. Right. It's just, for some reason, these, these old school Yahoo! leagues for me have been, I can't, and I, I'm sure you saw this back and forth because I was blowing up your phone, not knowing until <laughs> Dustin texted me, hey, he's still tagged. He's probably hating us right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a screen pass for negative three yards Can't be good for one player and negative points for the quarterback. I don't get it. And that same play is worth less than a run for six yards that gets a first down. (laughs) Nobody will ever answer that question. The PPR truthers say you just need more points. Don't worry about how you get there. I just want to talk about the logic of why we do it that way.
1: And we'll do that. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> you just said we're not going to do the whole. I know. Debate, I, I can't like, help Hold myself. On, I've Jack. got it. I've got
2: it. I've got to respond to that. So first oh, off, yeah, all right, I, I think the first. I think the first thing that is really my main point here is what you said. Where when you you said this at the beginning of the podcast, your home league draft, nothing beats it. If you if you're fortunate to have that, you know, thing still going on, yeah. and traditionally that's with people that might not be as into the crazy super flex or or you know tight end premium so for me i'm absolutely all about the league and what the league wants to do more than what i want to do format so absolutely like your your two home leagues are standard scoring i i mean we've had that and every year i'm like let's move it to this let's move it to this but if people want to do that you got to do what people want to do so i'm yeah i think that's an important thing to say um but you mean take a vote yeah i'm all about we're all to see are we ready
0: for that change OK, maybe we put it to a vote. Oh,
2: We've three. escalated it okay. now. So we're we're in a keeper league. And there's there's a lot of nuances to, to how you do it. But it started off For as sure. a traditional standard scoring league. And we, we vote. And so every offseason, people come up with things like, oh, this is what I want to try. This is what I want to try. And then we do a vote um, at the beginning of the live draft every year. And then that's how okay. things kind of move along. At the draft? Wow. A lot of times, yeah. Oh, yeah. my okay. goodness. So you yeah, don't have love, time to
0: prepare for the strategy. I love, I love that. I, love, I
2: you, know, you know, like, we might have done it earlier in some years, but I think a lot of times, yeah, I think it's, like, on the spot, and then it's, like, let's just go.
1: Right. I so, like it. I, I'm glad we all agree that the draft is, like, probably the best part about the, the whole experience. Like, like you, play, you play to win the game, but, like, really you play the draft. Um, that uh, That is kind of the whole premise. Uh, as someone who also takes part – in many drafts it's both you know quick auction slow uh we i've seen you talk about kind of some uh some let's say preferences uh, in terms of slow drafts so i've got a, a fun question then so would you rather someone take an hour to cook you dinner at like let's say a nice restaurant or would you rather someone take an hour to make a pick on a, in a slow draft
2: it's it's a great question so i for me um well, let me preface it, by say, preface it by saying in a slow draft, like someone takes longer than sixty seconds, and I'm just sitting there, just like what, what the hell, like, what are we doing here? Come on! Like, <laughs> and I get you get antsy, you get antsy. But I'm I'm also the guy. I've I've been close to timing out um, several times. Sure. I mean, sometimes you get into something, you miss yeah. a notification. So while I, while it bothers me more that someone doesn't draft quickly in a slow draft, I'm all for it. Take your time. Like that's a purpose of slow draft. I don't think people should like wait when news is going to break because they intentionally want to try to get an advantage. Right. I think it's like, Hey, when you get an opportunity to draft draft, if it's an hour in, if it's 30 seconds in whatever it may be, like, I think that's a fair thing. Does it bother you when let's say you've been on the clock for 30 minutes,
0: and it's a four-hour clock. And somebody texts you, or at you know, at you on Sleeper or Twitter or whatever, and says, "Hey, you're on the clock." Is it like, "Dude, leave me alone. I'll get there when I get there." Or is it, "Hey, thanks. I didn't realize that. I'm ready to pick."
2: This is I. So, I'll answer this, and I want to hear your guys' answers too, because someone sure. mentioned this recently, and I hadn't really thought about it. I'm I'm a hundred percent. The guy that's texting other people, hey, you're on the clock. Like, hey, yes. no rush. <laughs> I was all over Lauren Carpenter. We, we just we just finished our uh, fantasy footballers writers draft um, oh, today. In every time I would text her, and again, it's like, <laughs> just you don't have to do it. But I also know that some people right. don't look at the notifications from Sleeper. Yeah. So there's yeah. What what about you guys? What do you what do you do?
1: Uh, Travis, uh, I mean, I'll you'll obviously. something similar i'm sure but like i i i will text someone i'm here and there um i kind of fall um a little bit in the middle where it's like i'm okay with a slow draft like that's what i signed up for you know uh especially like we've been in you know like eight hour clocks you know 12 hour clocks where it's like Mm -hmm. you know that there's the possibility like you hope and i think every draft has that one guy that always takes six hours each pick um so I'm, I'm okay I'm okay I mean I can I can find a puzzle to do here and there find a good book to read uh, and uh, you know by the time the drafts over I'm typically done with both so uh, I'm okay waiting but uh, Travis I feel like you're gonna you're gonna say something a little bit different
0: I uh, I while I'm okay I'm more okay waiting after I just made my pick now I'm kind of I'll check out from the draft for a little while um, but as it gets closer to your pick and somebody's just not. You don't even see their green dot on Sleeper all day. It, it's like they, they don't care that it's on. I'm like, <laughs> you wanted to draft three days ago. You were so excited. You were all active in the league chat, and now you're nowhere to be found. Um, yeah. Our Scott Fishbowl, the Dallas oh. division, we had a Twitter group chat, and it everybody said, as soon as we're on the clock, message whoever it is. Just you know, Just tag them so we can keep this moving. And we were done in like... Three days. Wow. Dustin Dustin was like in round eight and we finished. And everybody was just, that was just like an understanding of Hmm. nobody's calling anybody out. Let's just help each other because we're all busy. Um, I would rather wait than have one or two guys in the draft. And this has happened in like the last five or six slow drafts. When they get on the clock, they send a message immediately saying, pick OTB. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You had yeah. three days to negotiate <laughs> to trade back. And now that you yeah. your 8-hour clock or 4-hour clock has started, you're saying, picks on the block, I'll, you know, I'll listen to offers for the next two hours. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're just telling us that you haven't been
2: doing anything. Oh, maybe I'm crazy. too obsessed. I don't, maybe I don't have enough going on. I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I think it's if your pick is coming up, start doing work. I will yeah. say, like, I've done this before. And I've seen other people do this, and I think this is a good way. If you're trying to work on the pick and then your right. pick comes up, I'll be like, hey, guys, like I'm going to make a pick in an hour. I wanted to trade it. If no one responds, I'll make my pick. And then you give a timeline, like 30 minutes. Yeah, an it, hour, that encourages like that. a deal to get done quicker. Yeah, and then if not, I'm not slowing anybody down because you're right. If it's at the start of your turn and you've waited like more than 10 hours and then you're starting to negotiate, it's like you're just – that's different than being like I'm gonna pick at my schedule because I have a real life aside from this.
0: I, yeah, I think those are some of my favorite managers that say, um, "I'll yeah. pick and I'll pick in 20 or 30 minutes. I'll listen to offers. At that point, I'll just pick," because it forces interaction. And then most times, when people say that, you see a deal get done.
2: Yeah, a hundred
0: percent.
1: Man, you know you you mentioned it, um, Jeff, and we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you know you you obviously write for the, the Fancy Footballers. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen it out there, but I'm curious to ask you though, what got you into writing about Fancy Football and kind of like, how did that all unfold with you, you know, getting the opportunity to, to, to write for them?
2: So, um, good question. I, I, uh, I guess probably in 2018 or so. Um, so I, I've, I've been very obsessed with listening to the fantasy Footballers. There's a handful of podcasts I really like. And to this day, fans, footballers are still, you know, top two for I'm, I'm always listening. I really like it. And they do something where a little little preview or, or hint, or I, I don't think this is really advertised, but a lot of times they'll hire writers in the off season. They'll do one episode where they're like, hey, we're looking for writers. This is the only time we're ever going to say this. If you're interested, do this, email this person, put something together, whatever. And I heard that, and I was like, I'm just gonna try for, you know, I don't, I don't expect anything. And I, I had done some technical writing um, mm-hmm. for work, and I just included some of that. It had nothing to do with fantasy football. I've always been super, you know, like, into fantasy football, doing my own research and stuff. Right. I really like data. I like using Excel and stuff like that. Um, so I just reached out to them, and I was like, I have like zero experience, but here's something that I do at work, and blah blah blah. And I tried to like be. Personable, And I think it was Jason um, Moore from the fantasy footballers that was like, oh, this guy seems interesting. Let's test it out. And he was, you know, a mistake they've made yeah. a long time ago. That they <laughs>
1: Just keep on making it. <laughs> That's awesome. What's
2: man. there
0: to follow up with that? What is their expectation of you or what? what's the precedent set for in season due dates? Because we're going to be looking to do the same thing. I kind of want to learn hmm. from somebody who's been doing it. As we reach out and and hire writers, I think we've got a few guys that we're going to start reading their stuff. What is fair and not fair to expect from somebody um, as a writer for fantasy football, especially on a low budget operation, unlike the the footballers? But they started a while ago, you know, the same way. So, what can we expect? What's fair? Um, That's a good question. What have you learned? um as a writer that you would tell somebody who's hiring writers to let people know up front
2: great question i mean i think you guys know like i do not take myself seriously i'm just i write fantasy articles once in a while i'm not anywhere near anywhere near making it i'm just a i I like to have fun and i get the you know pleasure of talking to the fans footballers sometimes so my from my perspective after doing it for a while and kind of knowing um some other people that have done it most operations especially like up and coming websites um don't pay new writers there's a lot of mixed opinions about that i've only written for the fantasy footballers which is kind of a unique or weird thing um they do pay um Mm -hmm. some companies do pay some companies don't i think again most people um probably don't pay if they're they're starting something new and if you're a writer and, and you want to start and you haven't done it before most of the time they're, they're you know you're not doing it for the money the money's kind of nice in a little bit but i mean i think only the really really big names are making like legitimate money you know what i mean right yeah so yeah so in terms of expectations um at the Fannies footballers it's it's typically one article per week in season um there were a few years that i was doing like two per week and i i actually didn't even tell kyle um Borgignani that is the chief editor who now works full time. I didn't tell him I was going to do a second article. I just wanted to do it. So I just started submitting them um, and he just put them up. So I yeah. started my like little, I do a trade. I do a um, day trader se- series for. for yeah. That. I like that so, one. Yeah. Is, what's you. the
0: editing process like? Is it, you submit it to him, he reads it, tells you feedback or is he editing it um, just to clean it up or does it pretty much go straight from your, computer onto their
2: site so so from that for them in particular and i I don't know what it's like at other places but um they will there's a lot of um tips and tools that they give you about kind of what they're looking for so they give you some formats or it's like hey this is what that article series was last year like you can edit it so i would typically be like hey kyle i'm thinking about doing this what do you think about this you give me some feedback and then we got to a point where i think he kind of just Recognize my writing, and he likes people to kind of have their own voice. Um, so for us, or my, my experience with the fancy footballers has pretty much been like, I'll write something, and then he just edits it and then and sends it out the door. Um, cool. So it's it's pretty quick and efficient like that. Occasionally, he'll be like, "Hey, what about this, this, or this?" Or like one year, I did an article about J.K. Dobbins, like, and it got published the day before last year before he got the ECL injury. Um, oh, so it's man. like, all right, like you got to fill <laughs> someone else out. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yeah that you know oh god you know jk dobbins last year so last year we joined a league we me travis sent me this crazy I, I, idea from this this guy on twitter um and he's like hey this guy's running a 32 team league and Oof. the loser the loser has to spend 24 hours in a waffle house um and I'm like okay I'm good enough I don't think I'll be the last you know even if I'm just middling like it's just fun whatever so my second round pick and if you're unfamiliar with a 32 team league which I assume most people are yeah but um,
0: you had to you had to you had to you had to pick You were assigned an NFL team
1: right so I picked the bears obviously so you have to you had to start two people from that team on your roster no matter uh, what no out matter of your what, five starters And uh, my second-round pick, and granted, everybody has, like, maybe three good players or so. The rest are just kind of, like, tossing. Like, hopefully you have a Byron Pringle. Yeah, Byron (laughs) Pringle. So my second-round pick was J.K. Dobbins. And this preseason, everything, you know, Wonderful, and then J k. Dobbins obviously doesn't play, and I'm freaking out the entire time. Like you're hoping Tyson Williams is a thing. and then he disappears. And you're like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? like i'm I can't like I'm telling Travis during the season, you know what, man? I'm just gonna fully embrace the tank. like I'm just gonna lose. I'm gonna contact a news station. We're gonna make this a publicity thing. and <laughs> like the entire time. I'm just freaking out. And to this day, I still don't forgive jk dobbins for what he did to me is there a player heading into this season that you have a similar feeling towards where you don't care what their situation is you're not going to let them hurt you again um who is that for you to this season
2: so um i guess and obviously like it's it always stinks to talk negatively about a player because it's like those guys legitimately have it really hard like they make a lot of money they're constantly judged by people. And like, yep. you open your phone and everyone's like, this guy's a bum. And like, it, that's just yeah, your life, right? a
1: lot of positivity.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, but but after saying that, I, my answer would be uh, Saquon Barkley. So- Oh, that, no I
0: chance, was, huh? No, no, no redemption season. <laughs> no, and
2: I, I, so I did a, an article uh, recently with the fantasy footballers and I wanted to read a portion of that. And essentially it has to do with his production, his workload. So yeah. 2018, Saquon saw 22 touches a game and averaged 21.3 fantasy points per game. This isn't wow. half PPR, so he was averaging 0.97 fantasy points per touch. Great season. That's insane. I'm looking at it specifically from points wow. per touch because it's an efficiency thing, in my right. opinion. It's you get more touches, you know, you, you're gonna do well. So right. um, he went from that to in 2021 seeing 15 touches per game, so a quarter, you know, 25 less and averaging only 9.9 fantasy points per game last season. So that equates to 0.63 fantasy points per touch. Out of the top 50 RBs last season, He that's 47th. So oh his efficiency was just, just terrible. And you can there's all sorts of things that people could say. I mean, still, if he gets yeah. more workload, even if you're not efficient, you can still do well. If I'm the Giants, I'm looking at him saying, I have some injury concerns. You know, I think injury prone is a, is a myth. I'm not saying he's injury prone, but if right. I'm the 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 um, the Giants, I'm saying I want to I want to kind of give Saquon a little bit fewer touches and try to have him be efficient. If he isn't efficient last season, the workload th- that's my projection: lighter workload, less efficiency than when he was a rookie. Um, I'm going to be avoiding Saquon in all drafts. Unpopular opinion, Ooh.
0: very unpopular right uh, now on Twitter. Saquon is all wow. the rage yeah and just
1: just so you know travis uh the the points per touch that's like that's similar to ppr but it's like more points per fun i know you hate that <laughs> yeah.
0: it's um, an efficiency metric that i've yeah i've okay. really come to like recently i'm glad i also did like
2: i did fantasy points per touch eliminating touchdowns because touchdowns can go up or down so that right if there's, there's a lot of different things to look at obviously i'm going to cherry pick something that agrees with <laughs> of my course. um but yeah when like, you I'm looking at efficiency. When you pull a stat like
0: that, are you going to Google and finding a list of 2021 results and doing it manually one player at a time? Or is there a particular source that you go to to save yourself time? Because we make these show sheets and we we build our argument to go back and forth on somebody. And sometimes it can take hours when you go through every position and you're looking at points per touch if you don't have a favorite source. So I'm always looking to learn... like. Where do people go to get this is it fun to you to go the long way around because sometimes i'm like i got four hours i'm just going to get into the numbers do it on excel do it the old school way and it just feels cool to do it like that but sometimes you just wish you had a like you're at a bar and you're, you're arguing with somebody you wish you could just pull something up
2: yeah so that's a great question i, I remember when i started writing I, I was very curious about that too I, I think a lot of people that are um smaller Accounts in the fantasy world, like like myself, or you know, I think a lot of people will pay for PFF and pay for other sources. I myself don't. I go to um, Fantasy Data, great company. You can yeah. pay and get like you know more expedited right. things. I look at Fantasy Data. I tra- I traditionally do things in a macro sense, so I do like what were last year's games, or I'll get curious, like hey, I wonder how this player did compared to like Bears running backs in the past five years. So I just download a bunch of data. Like at one point I did like 10 years of data you um, know I'll do calculations in different uh, columns and then just kind of look at it myself. But that for me, that's a nice thing is I'm not a fantasy analyst. I just write articles occasionally. So yeah. I get to like yeah. cherry pick what I feel like doing. Like I don't like, you know, Saquon's Barclays value. I'm gonna do a few calculations, see what agrees with me, and then just kind of like use that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the all facts right. are the facts. You can argue them all you want; they're on the paper. So that's
2: right. But, but that's generally, right. I will do like that download, look at efficiencies and certain things like this, and then and then kind of like let that form some opinions, and then kind of dive deeper from there. That's, gotcha. that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I like
0: that. It I is like kind that. of a cool feeling when. Like when dustin will say hey can you find this and it'll take me a couple hours but like when i get really into it and you finish it it's like you know that meme that that uh it's just like all the numbers and stuff going, yeah you feel like you're on a different level you're like wow i really i really did this shut your eyes to go to bed and you're like all you can think about are all the stats you've been looking it's, at
1: it's it's fun to see the tra- the the transformation that travis has, has had over the last couple of years jeff because getting into it like first of all there's two things you need to know about travis travis used to live by The fantasy points per game, that was the only stat that mattered. Like, where they finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, Travis is also a very skilled salesman. Um, (laughs) So... I, I tell everybody I'm like especially people who like have joined our league or like aren't in leagues with Travis a lot and have joined leagues with us like look you need to understand like if you have a player that Travis wants or you even mention that you're willing to trade you need to be prepared to have, be barraged with text messages you're gonna get pitches you're gonna get probably graphs. Okay, you're gonna I'm get working hard, of, man. You're going to get a bunch I of news and, and material that you didn't know existed, and by the end of it, you're going to hate the players you have on your roster, and you're going <laughs> to take the trade. <laughs> like,
0: I, I have I found, it. I think, one of the first articles that I'll put out here next week or two weeks, whenever we, we post the website, is the art of the negotiation in fantasy football. It's what I love the most. Obviously, drafting is super fun, but in season trying to find what I need to build to be ready by week 14 that is what fantasy is to me that that is what brings me joy is it's not what do the next three weeks look like it's I I, like I tell my wife I'm like she's like it's gonna get ugly for you look at these players I'm like that's okay when somebody's painting a masterpiece a lot of times you know you see the guys painting something upside down and it's like what is that like it looks terrible, and I got guys in the league. Like, what is Travis doing and making this trade and that trade? Why would he want him? And then you flip the painting upside down, and it's week fourteen, and they're like, "How did this happen?" <laughs> it's, like, it's like he scored one hundred thirty points all through the playoffs.
2: Unreal. I love it. I love it.
0: Uh, that's just yeah. I mean, and I have a question for you, but it's kind of piggybacking off of that. I one thing that I have found to contribute to success is after weeks two and three, you've got one or two teams that are 0-2, 0-3, or 1-3, or and 3, whatever the case is. It's panic mode for those guys because it's a long off season. You've got to go 8-5 and five to get in in a 12-team league. And if you start 0-3, the pitch is you've got to go 8-2 and two at worst. You can't wait for player X, Y, and Z to turn it around after a slow start. You need who I have, who started hot, who I don't think will continue that. We need to swap. You need to ride the hot streak. Let me wait it out because I'm 2-1. and That's kind of something that I've been doing the last few years that has worked really well. What is something for you in season that has contributed and become a successful habit, whether it's waiver wire hawking or packaging a few players for a stud player or vice versa? What's kind of your thing that you know I can bank on this thing that i do really well in season to get me where i need to be
2: so um i actually do the exact same strategy as you just said because i think i look for the value proposition i think the good trades are when both people win and you can find that when someone's desperate they need to win right now if they've got someone if they've got um i don't know say dalvin cook and he's he's out for at least two weeks you that you're not in a position where that player is valuable to you so yep. I, i'm with you it's like here's this here's mike williams let's do this deal in it i think finding the value propositions and rather than starting i like this player it's like i like this kind of a player or like if i'm doing well like who's injured and who might come back I'm right. look at teams and you um, can't and afford that, to wait type thing yeah exactly so I, yeah. I i do a lot of that my favorite leagues and my main league is a keeper league where there's also like next right. year ramifications so like I traded to try to go for it all this past season. And, and I, I did not win. Um, uh, but, but you got to gamble. It's yeah, I mean, life is about taking chances. So sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Another thing I'll do is like, if I have a quarterback that's doing well, I typically like trade them away. Cause I think that's a good position to backfill. So I try to think about like, what do other people not value? Is there a way where that could give you an edge? And then like, how do I work around that? At like keeper leagues, I'm like, You know there's three players i want to keep in my main league um we can only keep two like who's interested in this player or really any of them i'd I'd be interested in negotiating because i only need to keep two if i can gain something else from the third player even if it's my favorite player you're still you know getting a little bit of an edge
0: yeah
1: you know you an interesting point in trade negotiations that look we i always worry about this point because i've I've been hit by it a couple times this off season dynasty leagues that i'm in is that you get an offer it's probably close to fair you feel like you can counter um or you sent an offer and then they send an offer that's close to what you'd expect but you maybe you feel like you can get a little bit more what is your philosophy on like do you push for that a little extra to to really make sure that it's you know on your side quote unquote or if you is there like a kind of a zone that you try to get into in terms of being close to fair because i've had a few that i've sent back Mm. as counters and then the whole deal falls through spooks them they've had too much time to think or whatever it is um and then the deal's dead and then now you the player that you were probably going to get value on is no longer available to you
2: that's a that's a great question i i love that um i will i'll preface it by saying like out of the i'm in a bunch of leagues like like all of us here um and unfortunately i think a downside is that you I, I trade less in a lot of leagues because i'm in so many so normally right. in season it starts off with like my two main leagues and then like whenever i start doing well that's the one that starts doing like trades of course but yeah um i, I think tr- you know generally speaking if i it, it also matters like obviously if you're if you have a relationship with that person you have history with that person if it's a league i'm, I'm i don't really know the players habits i'll always counter for something a little bit extra because why not um and for the most part and then in home leagues i'll, I'll typically um it kind of depends on the player and like honestly there's there's some people that i'm sure you guys get to that are in a league that are like oh jeff like you you i know that you are super obsessed with fantasy and you write articles sometimes you must some know something i don't know it's like that yeah. is absolutely not the case <laughs> so you, it's almost like sometimes i take a deal that like i know the other person's winning like right. just because i have an addiction to trading and i'm trying to chase the dragon you know? and you're, yeah, and you're also
0: <laughs> – it's something that we talked about over the last few months in the offseason is as we make all these deals, the ones that sometimes fall through the cracks or, or are sand in your hand kind of just falling through is I wish I would have taken that deal. I can't believe I let the difference in Tyler Boyd and Jacoby Myers mm. be the deal breaker for me. Like you fight, you fight the extra pieces – so much that you back the other owner off when you should just take it sometimes take you're getting the piece that you really want yeah. you can find yeah. another Jacoby Myers out there um, sure. but yeah that that term I, and that's something that we we should probably talk about more Dustin is is this is player X which is usually the second or third player is that enough to really break the deal because sometimes it does and you regret it and you never get a chance at that deal that yeah. was so close for sure. For me, you don't have to today. win every deal. Yeah. For me. I Yeah, I, really I think that's an to, important yeah. point. For sure.
1: Yeah, I and that's that's something I've tried. I've gotten as the years have gone on, I've gotten more towards like making each trade fair. Like I, <laughs> I, I I I used to take trades way too personal. And it's like like why would this person offer me that? Like do you know like I know about fantasy football. Like I'm about to put analyst in my bio. Like you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, it's, like, especially for guys that I like when it hurts the most. Like, like a guy I'm really high on this year is Cole Komet. Um, really, really want him on all my teams. Being a Bears fan, sure. Um, like, there's multiple reasons. Um, like, guys like that are someone, like, I'm willing to pay a little bit extra for. Um, and then I'll get roasted in my league chat. Like, I can't believe. Like, I just made a trade. Like, I traded uh, Chase Claypool for, for Cole Komet straight up. No idea if that it's tied in premium league. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I I just knew I, I wanted uh, Cole Komet on my team. So,
0: but uh, that that's the thing that that's the deal breaking. Like, you're how many weeks this year are you going to say? I can't believe I gave away Chase Claypool. Wow, yeah, zero? Not many. Right. But if if Cole Komet at that position in a tight in premium league is balling out and he's tied in five or six, you you're going to say a lot of weeks. I had him for freaking yeah. Claypool I had him I should have done it sure they
2: I think also like for me I tend to um I, tr- I try to be aggressive with certain trades like I'm in i I'm in a dynasty league um with I won't I won't say their name but um some people might know but some people from the fans one person for the fantasy footballers we did a trade together and I traded this was last season I traded away Calvin Ridley um in the offseason and then and then received a package that had Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, and then an upgrade and a pick. So this was like right when all the it was like, hey, I can't see the ball. This was probably the best trade I've ever made. In all of you are
0: fantasy I'm god like, after that. It, we, we, wow. were, we were in the
2: middle of the we were in the middle of the the um, the rookie draft, and Jamar oh, Chase is on wow. there. And I'll be honest, I don't know crap about rookies. I don't. I, don't I just don't watch Ooh. college football. But I'm like, I trust these guys in, in this girl or whatever and they they're yeah. just hyping up this person i'm gonna gamble because i think that their value is going to be at the lowest point i'm i just like yeah. chaos let's go for this i think those are the trades that like you either fall on your face which i've done that too or it's yeah. like that worked out like way better like obviously that worked out better than anyone would have ever for predicted sure. yeah. yeah
1: that's amazing oh wow for calvin ridley that's
2: uh, Worked out even better But I, at the time It was like very fair yeah. Like I was, I was like, top five He receiver. was clearly the best You know Player yeah. in that package And right. Yeah But I mean Another same Wild. league With a different person Another person For the fantasy footballers I traded away um, Mark Andrews And like a second In the Superflex league To mm-hmm. get like Kittle So okay. I think I might have also No I traded away Tyler Boyd too So I gave a package Yeah Because yeah. I really wanted Kittle And looking back Like that was not a good deal at all no, yeah I so I, you I can't win like them all too. but it's it's so much yeah. more
0: fun to make the deals and roll the yeah. dice and just
2: see Real to deal. sit on your
0: guys like something that that one of our friends in our our first dynasty his thing is anytime one of his players goes off they're gone yeah. he sells them he sells them at peak, okay. what he calls peak value even after one one huge week and i'm like yeah you have nine you know 19 first round picks over the next three years <laughs> but you're trading away superstars who just yeah. went off they're gonna continue to do that are you not gonna compete ever
1: for like, because year.
0: then that rookie you draft goes off and you trade him for the next year's first round pick I'm like yeah. you're chasing something that's not a title and at some point when does it really become about winning the ring like you're saying like when you have a chance you got to go all
2: in. Yeah, I, I think the other, I think the peop, the thing that people miss in Dynasty a lot of times is that the goal is to win this year. It's yeah. extremely rare that a team is going to win three years in a row. They, just the uh, if you if you have an awesome, sick draft in a twelve person league, at best, you in in your nasty at trading things fall your way. At best, you've got like a twenty percent chance of winning your league. That's yeah. just yeah. odds. It's just there's so yeah. much dumb luck in it. So yep. the people that try to go for that dynasty three year window, oh. no, it's like I I think you you either try to win now or try to win in three years and then your your moves follow. It's one or two. Take be. the
0: twenty six year old running back who's a superstar, yeah, get a like, year out of like, him, say, go for the Parker ring. Yeah. Like if it if, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work, trade him away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy, kind of how things. You never know. I mean, Saquon Barkley, you'd have to trade half your team a few years ago to get him, and now, yeah. uh, you'd. I mean, geez, Jeff would pay you to take him off his roster. <laughs> uh, you never. You never know. You never know. Um, you know what? One one question I I've, I've been wanting to ask people, Jeff, especially you. Um, what is something that, you know, once you started really looking at the game, what is something that you realized? either is not as important or is more important and more important um in you know winning a title um than you thought it was
2: Hmm. it's a great question um yeah that's i a, think it's a brain I th- yeah that's a tricky one i think i think there's a huge advantage um and, and maybe this is going to be an obvious answer but um i think there's a huge advantage in in reacting or making moves quickly and kind of adapting to information i mean everybody's guilty of like it's week five and the player that had an awesome year last season but starting off slow um still valuing them as if it was the same adp as when you drafted them in august so i think the people that can, can kind of adjust on the fly like not that that player is never going to come back up but adjusting on the fly and recognizing all right i think this player's value. Relative to ADP, like where does this person view, you know view that play in their mind? Yeah, um, we got it. We got it wrong. You got to, well.
0: sure. yeah, got
2: to adjust. Yeah, got to adjust. So, I think for me, and that's a really hard thing to do. Obviously, um, like trading for Jamar Chase when he's like dropping yeah. balls, had a year off, and like he's a rookie yeah. going into a season, whatever. Like, there's things like that yeah. that like trading away me, Allen
0: Robinson last year was tough for people. After yeah,
2: after two or three weeks, it's like he will turn it around.
0: It's Allen Robinson, and if you yeah. sat and you didn't move you paid the price you could have gotten somebody you could have gotten a Deontay Johnson or somebody early in the season that you know was the top 10 guy but you're stuck with Allen Robinson on the bench or cutting him or whatever the case is but I think that's a great piece of advice you after I think week two or three you get a pretty decent feel for sure by week four of yeah what you got right what you got wrong or what what's different than anybody saw coming and adjust immediately don't say it's coming it's coming you know by week 10 he'll be his old self because then it's too late michael i
2: one one thing i do in like the articles that i write um is the exact same thing i'll look at three kind of pieces and you'll like this um because you were talking about fantasy points per game i like looking at like where their adp was what their season fantasy points per game are and then last three games and i look at those side by side then you look at workload you can kind of right. see like who's on the rise, who's on the decline. Cause everybody like as, as you guys know, everybody like kind of takes the first three games and yeah, they right. only tie to that, or they just take the ADP in the preseason only tie to that. And it's con- like if you can just constantly adjust. Yeah.
0: For sure. I like that it's a lot. To- um, Cumberland Farms, are they an official sponsor yet? I've never had Cumberland Farms, but I feel like if somebody oh, asked me where's the best iced coffee in america i would answer <laughs> cumberland farms uh and i would say the one in new england because i'm sold by your testimony especially at the price which is always included in the post yeah um, it, it, it is always i see it every time and i'm like i have to have this next time next time i'm in anywhere in the northeast i'm going to get this
2: oh man i i love it yeah they they are not an official sponsor whoever runs their um, their their social media I'll always message them. I'm like, hey guys, like I just love your your stuff. You guys are great. Yeah. I, I just kinda mess around. I hope that's cool and they don't really know what to do with me, but they interact. Uh, like they did send I me couldn't like a, possibly yeah. sell your
0: product any harder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why don't you but, want to sponsor me? Like,
2: but guys, I also yeah. I'm also yeah. like I'm not like why would anyone pay me to sponsor something you know like i, I i'm very realistic but right. um, you need a written I, testimony I like, of right. the yeah.
0: effect that your posts have right. on the public i will give I you it. one
2: i could just they, i mean picture <laughs> it's two dollars ten cents for two iced coffees boys Beautiful. that's been the same price for three years we're in a recession wow. i you mean, can't get that you anywhere can't, you can't get that anywhere else no. it's great no. coffee
1: Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I I could just imagine the conversation that they have at their Cumberland Farms. Like, we got a guy asking to be sponsored. Well, what kind of content does he put out? Well, here's a video of him standing in a torrential downpour. (laughs) Uh, That was
0: amazing. I was like, look at this dude. So he's
1: into into weather. He's a weather (laughs) aficionado. Okay.
2: I I have no idea what he's doing, but but, yeah. I keep them on their toes. They did send me a care package with a lot of their products and a That's T-shirt. Perfect. So that was fun. That. that was cool. Yeah, I, love
1: that. I got I got family up there. I'm gonna have to uh, to make a, a trip up there to, to for the try coffee. This uh, absolutely it, it's, it better be great. Better be great. It's gonna uh, be.
2: It's gonna be. Promised.
1: All right. Perfect, man. There is actually one more order of business that we didn't cover. Um, that by the time people are listening to this is very relevant to the show. Jeff, it's your birthday. It is your birthday. Um, oh yeah! Happy happy birthday to you! Oh man, uh, it, it, it's fun uh, that I you know I want I want I want it to be my birthday. Um, <laughs>
0: not can, can we get a birthday wish live on the show?
1: What is your birthday wish in life or just the fantasy season? Throw one out there; it's going like to
2: come true. Yeah, I it would be um, to beat my co-host on Tackle Dummies podcast, C-Caz, um in our home league. I think. I've 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 done very well. I've had some championships. He beats me every year, so if I can beat him mm-hmm. this year, that would mean everything. And and all also, right. maybe shoot just... some tweets out at me at the Fantasy Engine. Just put a picture of your dog. That would be, right. that'd be a cool birthday present.
0: It. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll do what we can to make that happen.
1: Dog pictures and beating SeaCads. It's all you can yeah. really. That's all you can really hope for. I hope that I that's hope that happens you to me, for you, Jeff. Guy like you, you deserves <laughs> to have everything he wants. <laughs> That's right. Man, I mean, I got to tell you, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. This is, this has been so much fun. Um, means I had a lot. couple other Giants questions I wanted to ask, but I feel like that's just torture. You know, no one wants to talk about Daniel Jones. Um, so I'm going to save that for the next time we talk, whether he's in the league or not. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll save a few of those questions for you then. Um, but, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come on, and we really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, guys. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you so much for for having me on thanks for the happy birthday wishes uh and for remembering it that was that was really cool you guys are a ton of fun and uh i'd I'd be glad to you know chop it up with you guys again thank you sounds good thanks man we really appreciate it
1: appreciate it everyone thank you so much for watching listening this has been losing sucks for dustin travis jeff greenwood here thanks again this has been episode 62 and as always remember losing sucks don't do it